<laughs> Sorry. Good start. I know, right? Three, two, one, record. Nice. You good? Yeah, 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 I'm good. And welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of... I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you. Here we go. Because I have have one. Okay. I know what what this is the podcasting equivalent of. What is this the podcasting equivalent of? This is the podcasting equivalent of a cross-dressing, blood-sucking incubus from Maggot Death. (laughs) What the fuck is that about? That's a quote from my movie, man. Did you not watch it? <laughs> oh, of course. Right, okay. I don't know what I was thinking there. I was thinking, is that some like comic book reference or something like that? <laughs> nice. Well, that's a fair that's a fair comparison to what I, I thought I thought it was. Are. I was watching I was watching the movie and the line came up and uh I thought, yeah, that's that's what our podcast is like. I should uh hijack <laughs> Callum's favorite thing about the show. This week on the show, we're going to be looking and talking about the 2003 cult classic School of Rock with Jack Black's probably his finest performance and then segueing slowly into probably one of the most revered and um, uh, probably uh, honourable mentions of uh, or honourable performances of the great Tom uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. But before we do that, how are you? I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah? Doing away. What have you been up to recently? I mean, setting aside that that's a very good joke, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not not a huge amount. Kind of going about my life as much as I can in my nice. small in my small London flat. That's it. Crawling around the place. <laughs> yeah, doing my work from home, like everyone else in the home. world. Nice and uh, fantastic. Yeah, getting a small respite of uh, podcasting recording one, mm. one once a week as well, which is uh, mm. keeps me rather sane it's good it's good now obviously we're recording on the saturday and tomorrow is uh, father's day yes it is have you uh thank god that was the right answer that is the right answer <laughs> no um, oh shit <laughs> which is uh sometimes often after the answer yeah how, how are, are you prepared have you been uh, sending cards so i before i let you answer did you were you able to get a father's day card was i able to get a father's day card yes yeah were you I struggled. 
And it was only when I was walking around the third shop and not able to find one, I thought, are Father's Day cards a thing? Like, do they actually exist? And then I went, of course they exist, because I had to Google it. <laughs> I'm, standing in, I'm standing in Waitrose, and I'm, I phoned Maddie. I was like, is a Father's Day card a thing? And so I was, what, were I, you going I, door to, were you like going shop door to, to shop, door. door to door, no, shop to shop, on door. <laughs> trying yeah. to find Father's Day cards? Quite honestly, yeah. You know, I, you know, there are websites for this sort of thing. I know, I know, I know. But it's because I, I had to go out anyway. I think it was like Thursday evening and I went out to get one anyway. And I felt that I could just pick one up, you know, in the same way that Mother's Day cards, when it's Mother's Day, they're in abundance. But Father's Day cards, just they're, they're not really about. I, I can imagine from uh, a marketing ma- perspective. Ma- ma- mothers care more. Mothers do care more. <laughs> ma- mothers want it more than more than fathers. I feel like I feel like the uh, there will be fathers out there who are like, yeah, absolutely. You gotta um, I expect something from Father's Day. But I reckon most will mm-hmm. not expect anything but appreciate just like an acknowledgement of it anyway. Father's Day is an odd one as well because it's the only time you know Maddie's American and Mother's Day falls on a different day for Americans. Yeah, as us. but Father's does. Day is, is the same. Do you know one. what? What's, the, what's with that, that? That always gave me the fear, though. That really did almost give me it the did, fear. Yeah, two yeah, years, I mean. two years living in America, right? And Americans <laughs> would be going around going Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, and I'd be, oh shit, wait, what? <laughs> and then did you did you celebrate it? What American Mother's Day? Uh huh. No. No, I'm not American. <laughs> I know. But... <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever reach out to your to your mother and just sort of your mother? <laughs> did you ever reach out to your? I think I think one year, definitely not both years. I think the first year I phoned her up, and I was like, "Get a load of this. <laughs> this, is, this is a good laugh." I hate Guess what the they've word. done? They've put it on a different day. How hilarious is that? <laughs> anyway. Good to see you, mum. And then left it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like, hate right, saying the word bye. mother. I said the word mother there because obviously the word mother, right? Well, we're so, so formal you, on this podcast like, for a start. I know, well, it's not even the fact that it's that. It's that when you say mum, it's like mum. Yeah, fine. But with the word mother, there's a 50-50 chance that there's another word that might follow that word. And so with that negative connotation <laughs> with the word mother, every time I say mother, I'm like, feels kind of half finished, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Every, every I time, every time I, I say mother, I get this mental image of Samuel L. Jackson in my <laughs> Head. <laughs> Make of that the, what you will. If your mum's in the trucking business, then you'd have a mother trucker. So it's yes, you know you it's would. that sort of it's, it, that's probably the other fifty percent that, that feels adequate. Absolutely. We were, uh, just back to dads recently. I we had an opportunity to zoom as we we're probably doing on the weekly basis. Zoom home, and I zoomed my I zoomed my dad um and my my dad and my stepmom who were having they were having i think they were just watching a movie it was a friday night or something and they'd they had a long you know long work of uh long week of working from home and my dad he's just hilarious like he just he never fails to make me laugh in the way that he so my um my 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 stepmom's uh, mother was lived in Bo- lincolnshire in boston for a while and they're famous for boston sausages and they're these uh, beautiful um massive big sausages that you kind of slow cook on a frying pan for a good 30 minutes and there, there's a boston in lincolnshire them. yeah exactly <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> or maybe i've got it wrong maybe i've got it totally wrong but anyway it's from boston is uh and they, they i always remember i went visit visit them once we it's went not to boston bolton. it's not no we, it, there's boston there's the boston stump is where is there which is a basically a huge big tower um i'll always remember that as well because we went we walked up the tower and all the all uh, all my stepmom's mom could get saying was uh, they closed this for a while. I went, oh, why was it sort of under under repairs and stuff? People just kept throwing themselves off it. <laughs> Wait, oh, cool. would people stop throwing themselves off it just because it's closed? I yeah, feel like people exactly. would 
find a way around that. Open si- exactly. <laughs> but the uh, these sausages. So you buy, but my uh, so my family buys buys these sausages and then free, buys them in the in the in like you know a mass a mass like a Costco um, delivery style thing where you get a big box of them and you can freeze them and they're re- they're really great. Right. But you can always tell when they're in the house because my dad they'd had them for breakfast, lunch, and did, like they'll cook a big load of them and then they'll have it for stuffing for the chicken and they'll yep. have it. So they kind of just overload on these sausages yep. to the point where when we zoomed my dad this friday night he was sat he'd had a few red wines and he was sat he was in a great mood he was watching a show and he had a glass of red wine in one hand and a sausage in the other <laughs> it was like 10 p.m <laughs> i can totally imagine that as well i can just got this big picture of him like <laughs> it was he was like he was, was he was he doing it like was he doing it like bite by bite like you know sip, yeah. sip of wine bite of sausage sip of wine dun- bite of sausage. Dun- dunking the sausage dun- in the wine oh. he was like a sh- like a shit scarf face like a cigar and it's but you say it was red wine <laughs> yeah, red, red wine and wine. sausage that's a great combination <laughs> do you know what i might like so me and my, me and my girlfriend were laughing we thought it's so funny but there was a very small part of me at the back of my head going oh, i'd like that <laughs> yeah it's so good <laughs> it's so that. good uh, should we should we should we crack on music and movies podcast each week we're going to look at two of our more favorite movies or movies that have made an impression on us in our childhood growing up movies that uh, we remain nostalgic to and then on rewatching, we have potentially different opinions of these movies mm-hmm. uh, mm, interesting mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. T- uh, topic of conversation coming up I-, I think between the two of us specifically for the one that i've brought this week but before we get to that we have an absolute delight on our hands over to you mate yeah so i chose this movie uh, for no other reason than I just wanted to watch it, and then mm. I and then I watched it, and I was like, "Oh wait, this movie is about music. Maybe this would be good on the podcast." So blatantly obvious. It's School of Rock, starring Jack Black, and you said something quite telling mm-hmm. in the intro where you said this is probably Jack Black's finest performance, and that yes. was one of the points I was going to make. But more that it's 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 the quintessential Jack Black performance. I mean, like this he's on and screen and he is Jack Black. This and Tenacious D, I feel. Yeah, this and Tenacious but, D. But more so this because I think I think you're I think you're right in saying that this is his number one performance because he is Dewey Finn. Like that that yeah. role that he create. I mean, I don't know actually. I don't. Was this a book? Was this a School what was this before? Yeah. No, I think. It's, I, th- I believe it's an original screenplay by the guy that plays Ned Schneebly. Of course, he's yes, the guy that wrote that. it. He's the that, guy yes. that wrote it. But it, it's it's almost like there's there's perform there's there's movies, and uh, and and you look at the kind of people who were nearly cast for roles and people who nearly yeah. cast for roles. I could not imagine anyone else doing this other no, than Jack I Black. I can. And he, I, I really don't perfect. think that anybody else was up for that was up for that part i kind of it's like you know it's one of those movies that you get the impression that like the the actor is an intrinsic part of the production as well uh-huh, and it's like uh-huh. his movie as well well i mean even things like so so it was jack black himself that thought of all the nicknames for the kids yeah and you and you just think like <laughs> turkey that's a, sub <laughs> but it's just it's just amazing isn't it because like i bet those kids and jack black had a you know they had an absolute hoot filming that honestly and, like you know you see interviews with the kids now you know 
very much grown up and there's there was all the interviews between then and now Mm. And they all said they had an absolute blast mm. Mm. Uh, filming this and that Jack Black was just the best, best guy. Like, you know, they were kind of scared of like, you know, because he was still relatively, relatively big and successful at the time, yeah. right? Wouldn't you yeah. say? Yeah, yeah. Shallow Hal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'd done, he done, he done a lot of movies and obviously yeah. that's... He was definitely I mean, like anyone... a Hollywood, you know, movie star, but it'd be tricky to get that balance right with like, with a bunch of kids. But yeah. I, I reckon he just, you know, did it. And I think they became lifelong friends with, yeah. with a lot of them. And I think just on that subject of now, looking at Jack Black now, I mean, he is just, he's rocking his, his, his gray beard, his long hair. He is just living his, he's living his best life. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's, a, and I know that's such a shmemmy sort of freer living their best life, but you genuinely, yeah. it applies to him. He's, it does. He, and the thing that I love a lot, there's a lot of things about this movie that I think are really kind of great that they probably didn't intend to be great and why it will, why it's a cult classic, I think, and will only get better with age. Just some of the messages Definitely. that it, that it, that it shows. There's a, there's a very, there's a great, uh, there's a great kind of, um, body positivity message that this thing that, that this film kind of sh- throws yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. How he's you know he doesn't care about it, and that's just so Jack Black. And my favorite, <laughs> one of my most favorite lines is, "I like food." Fucking love that line because yeah. everyone can relate to that. <laughs> I like food. Is that such a crime? <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. so great, and I, and it's just it's and it's he does like wear that. that confidence. He does just yes. use that confidence where he's uh-huh. like, "Cause I'm sexy and yeah. chubby." <laughs> yeah, I know it's great, isn't it? It, it, is, and he, it is so good. Anyway, I'll let you go on with it, mate, because I know yeah. you've got a lot of uh, a lot a lot of notes and points. Yeah, well, I mean, this movie just oozes with quality as well like Mm. i feel like it would have been so easy to make this movie any any director any any production and make it like you know just a a really average schmaltzy disney movie type thing yeah you look at other other films from this period i'm i'm sure that high school musical was not far behind this no it wasn't and i think there was a lot of the kids that are in this movie are sort of disney kids if that makes any sense like right. they're, they're kids that are in a lot of disney films yeah I'm well sure i it's... i know for a fact i've not seen any of these kids in like in anything else although actually i think maybe i saw the girl that plays summer in something yeah. a lot more grown up she's the manager is yeah she? she's the manager so, so, so she's, she's who i'm referencing yeah but she's who i'm that's who i'm meaning by she's in a lot of disney oh she is, um, is she? yeah a lot of disney teen yeah. tv shows and stuff like that yeah but like, do you know what I mean? They they could have gone down that, you know, hyper saturated, colorful Disney like sure. kind of veneer where it's it's all a bit fake and mm. it's all a bit musically. Mm. But mm. it's not that. This is a very real grounded story. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, having said that, I did. I did. It is it is very silly, and I did end up thinking towards the end at the premise. You know when he gets when he's at the parents' evening, yes, and he gets, and I was thinking, real life, he'd be rumble instantly. <laughs> real life, he's rotting in jail right now. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't. And then like the next scene, he runs out, and you've got that comical kind of Scooby Doo moment where he's running down the corridor with two guitars in hand and then the angry parents like skid out of the classroom exactly afterwards. yeah and like 
I'm like, where are the police here? There's a Daily then, Mail headline waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then two seconds later, he just walks into his apartment and the angry girlfriend's like, I've got nothing to say to you. As if he he got a little bit too drunk on a night out or something yeah, like that. You should be like, in jail. <laughs> yeah, it's like you impersonated a teacher and like <laughs> the actual, as a teacher myself, mm. the ramifications of this actually happening are too terrifying to even comprehend. Mm. So, so the so, sorry, just to interrupt there because we talked obviously a little bit at the start about the real Ned Schneebly and how it was uh, Mike White who was the writer of this. Yeah, and it's funny just coming back to this a, a sort of small full circle piece. So the idea of the movie did actually come from when Mike White moved into an apartment next to Jack Black. And White would often find Jack Black running naked through the halls or blasting much of the music featured in the movie at full volume. Yeah. So I think I think it very much was written for Jack Black. Yeah. And you know, very much going well, going back to what I was saying about the pedigree of this movie, the director was Richard Linklater. Mm. And he is one of the one of the world's like finest like dramatic directors. Obviously, much more recently when he did Boyhood. Mm. which is an absolutely stunning character piece like this is the this is the thing a lot of richard linklater's films are character pieces have you seen the the trilogy of movies before sunset i think it's called the sunset trilogy no i've not it's called no before sunset after sunset and something else sunset during sunset nah not during sunset that's stupid look at that sunset there, there are three <laughs> i don't know there are there are three what lovely sunset. sunset movies starring ethan hawk and i can't remember what the you lead... sure you're not thinking of sunshine no i'm not thinking of sunshine because that's Beautiful that's completely film. different Love but it. yeah they're really lovely movies and i highly recommend anybody watching them. they're very much uh, romantic character studies but like it's very mm-hmm. interesting to see him make this kind of movie which is you know a family friend a family adventure okay Did you say adventure yeah i would say so it's exciting isn't it yeah yeah for sure it's, it is very very exciting and i know like growing up we would have seen this movie a lot in like music class and things like that and i think it's just did you want to be in a band because of this movie i did because i reckon I, I wanted to be in a band because of this movie i think what i think what i liked about this movie as well is is that scene where he's making the band yeah. that very famous scene now the the obviously that scene is a very famous dialogue piece now there is a musical about school of rock and i don't know if you were going to sort of touch on to that for sort of steps on your toes there yeah. but the musical looks at that specific scene where he's you know he's bringing zach up on stage and he's bringing yeah. all these you know all the kids up on stage to, to do their parts and in the musical they the, the song is they they've the song played at that is called You're in the Band. And it's a really, I would cu- encourage anyone to go into YouTube and watch that the, from yeah. the, the Broadway piece. Well, I've How not seen of... it. I really, I do actually want to go and see. I'd, I know, me um, too. I'd love to see show. it live. Shall, shall, shall we do it when um, theatre's open? If exactly, theater's if theatre's open. open again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but yeah, but, and, and just to your question, it was that scene that made me want to be in a rock band. That, I love yeah. it. I love it so no, much. No, you're right. It was so well crafted. And he... And there's a very niche kind of in-joke aspect mm. to it as well, because the song he uses to construct the band is Smoke on the Smoke Water. On water. Smoke on the Water, which is really funny because whenever anybody learns rock guitar, and I teach it myself, the first thing they learn is Smoke on the Water. Exactly. Because it's Power Chord City, it's a catchy riff, Mm. and every other part is just like 
really easy. And honestly, and honestly, I feel like School of Rock just kind of added to that. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's great. And actually, in that scene, all the kids actually played their instruments. Um, and so, so like the backup singers are are real vocalists. And Jack well, yeah, Black I mean, I think that was also... part of the audition process, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And so Jack Black actually played a bit of the guitar in the movie. And for example, in that scene of teaching Smoke on the Water and and Iron Man, um, when he taught it to Zach, but, but he didn't actually do the guitar solos. But he would, they were all playing their actual instruments whilst yeah. they were doing that piece. Yeah, but that's the thing; it just felt so real and amazing. Yeah. One thing that really surprised me. Go back to the start of the movie. It's a really great opening when you're going through this rock club and yes, they kind of that and, they, and they put the credits on. There's one on a neon sign. There's letters on the back of a leather jacket. I love this opening song. Fight, mm. fight, by, yeah. fight by No Vacancy, which I'm was also. I'm a lover. <laughs> and if you run, you're undercover. It's so good. Again, written by Mike White, who, again, also wrote the title song of the movie, The School of Rock, or yes. Zach's song, which yep. honestly is like a pinnacle of, of this movie as a song. It is. It's great. It really is. Um, we actually played that song for my Leavers recital at the music school, at the music school in Edinburgh, the one after I left Oh, I think I remember Le- that. Left it, left MB. I remember MB. that. I and I went to that. Yeah, and all of us who were graduating that year got together and we played the and we played the School of Rock song, and nice. I played I played the Jack Black solo, and it felt ah, good. Ah, very nice. It felt it felt very very good, and it's a great song. It's a really mm. really great song. It's a lot. It's a lot better than the Dewey's song. You know, the Legend of the Rent. Although, uh, when he oh. first when he first like unveils that song when he stands in the front of the classroom and he does like the vision of the song it that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie and i think i suspect it's one of your favorite ones as well so were you gonna it, say something about this one? It, it, well i was going to say it again stop me for if you're gonna cover it but i sent you a video a couple yeah, of you weeks did. ago no please you talk cover about that? no 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 you you do it it's fine. okay okay brilliant so i sent alex a video a couple of weeks ago because i wanted to talk about this specific scene and it's, it is the song it's called the legend of the rent sequence where as you say and again it just it it goes to show how incredible jack black is because i don't know about you but when he does that sequence where he's chimes <laughs> down, down, and he's do and he's and he's doing it smoke on the screen you can see it you like, can he actually you can. paints it's it so tangible the end of time. You, you and you're like Wow, I can, I, like, it, it's not difficult to, um, to like, let your mind wander and, and watch what he's, this, yeah. this image that he's painting. I just, and, and it's I love amazing. the bit, I love the bit where he's like, um, Hawaii Five-0, you've ever seen that show? Right. Well, there's a drum, <laughs> there's a drum fill that goes like this. <gasps> it's just, oh, well, you're, you're not, not hardcore. Hard. No, no, you're not. And it, and it's, it is. But he paints the picture and you can just see it. Yeah. But anyway, the video that I sent you was somebody, and I don't know who it is, and probably I'll try and link it to this. Uh, I'll, I'll put it in the description for the episode if I remember. But it's it's this YouTube video of this chap who's decided to try and create the song 
of the, of the Legend of the Ren. Now, it's funny because you thought something that I thought as well, which was that's not the right chord progression. Maybe it was like 90% right. Yeah. But it's amazing how we watched it and went, no, that's not what I was picturing. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. but I would imagine that there's probably something very, like it's very close. I, I just loved it. I just I thought it was so great. And and again, back to that sequence. It's it's just it's so fantastic. Like I, I It's can't a great think performance. Of... It's also it's... one shot. Did you notice Is it really? that? It's one it's one shot from when he from when he starts like there there's cuts back back and forward between him and the kids, like during the conversation, but when he actually starts quote unquote like performing the song. Mm that's all one shot and the camera just zooms out of him as he's doing mm. this thing so he's going from from thing to thing and then like taking himself out of it and making it a teachable moment to the kids <laughs> chimes freddy yeah and freddy. um yeah, yeah dry dry <laughs> ice roadies we're going to talk about that later like you know <laughs> it's, it's so great, and, he, and he's jumping in and out of this and it's all one shot and i genuinely i think it's a stunning piece of acting yeah because again he makes it so so tangible fuck he's great isn't he, he is he's so good so, in the, he's, he's so good in this movie that. and i think it's something that he manages throughout the the whole movie just he oozes that 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 love of the genre mm, and he and he just pairs it with the charisma so quickly you know you you just you grow you you, you go through this movie with him at no point do you you know because even though he's he's in a very different situation to a lot of people you very much like feel his his thoughts you know when they kind of they drop the whole parents night on him or they try and clean up the classroom before the, the principal walks in you're kind of like come on like you can do this like you can get it sorted get it because you want them like he in the and, and that's the thing you know we talked about the whole, the whole police thing and all in real life it would be you know but at the end of the day like it's not like he doesn't he just wants to install a little bit of anarchy into these kids yeah and he just wants to create a fun environment where they can learn because there's so many and i think this is a, a that's a really great point obviously you and i spent years in music class and music lessons and the 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 skills that you pick up in music class and the skills that you and the, and you know whether whether you're initially talented in music or you're not you were able to um refine yourself and i think having having a really clear purpose to be able to express yourself effectively and have have that taught to you by people who've yeah. done this before is so important and god music like it, that 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 lesson of creativity and it's good to you know let yourself out and do that like it's it's great he at no point is trying to be anything malevolent or, or or risky or evil he just wants these kids to have that same level of passion as he does for yeah. it yeah. and it's just fantastic isn't it it's yeah. just really fantastic it's really, because you think how quickly in the movie do you think his slightly malicious motivations get thrown out the window very quickly and we, I, we, we the audience are in that classroom the audience are being taught that, that he knows as well yeah Sorry, that broke that thought. Oh no, yeah, but yeah. No, you're you're right. It's not malicious. No, no, because obviously he enters the school just wanting to, you know, slack off and get like maybe a week's maybe a week's pay. Just uh, wants a bit of cash. Just he just wants a bit of cash. He just he just wants he just wants a bit of cash. The legend of the rent. Legend of the rent. It was way it was way hardcore. As far as the rest of the soundtrack of this movie goes, it's kind of a who's who of like the history of rock, right? Hmm. And some highlights. Obviously, anyone who knows me, my favorite rock band of all time, ACDC. Mm. 
There's a couple of ACDC songs in here. We've got Back in Black, obviously very, very prominently. It's a long way to the top. Long way to the top at the um, end. As, yeah. their, as their encore and slightly fourth wall breaking credit roll. Which it's is really great. Funny. I really, I know, I like that in sequence. The, the credits are rolling as well when that's playing, aren't they? Yeah, the credits are rolling, and Jack Black says, right. "Like, who's that guy? I don't know him." It's oh, that's he's fun. like pointing at where the credits are. Credits that's, are rolling, and yeah. it's quite fun. But I think one of my ab- absolute favorite inc- song inclusions in here is the same as a movie we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Thor Ragnarok, the immigrant song. Immigrant song, of course, and. I was thinking about this and I was like, why, why is this song so good? And why, why is this like my favorite song inclusion on, on this album? And I mm. think when it, I think it's because it, it, it just arrives like instantly. Yeah. Like there's no build up, There's no nothing. There's just and it's just it, it just it just goes and it's you know it's simple yeah isn't it it's 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 it's, 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 it's that's music, not hard it's it's musical architecture done right because yeah. the way that it builds is is really great as you say it's simple it's simple but it's so effective would you say that's your favorite zeppelin song i, I would say it's definitely up there what would you say your favorite one is i mean stop me from staying saying stairway is it really I, it's definitely i mean stairway is an incredible song well that's the point i think you know when you have to look at their output critically i think it's very hard not to say that stairway is the best zeppelin song much in the same way that it's quite hard to say that that yeah you have to struggle to find like other really great ones from say the Eagles and Hotel California and things like that. Again, see, so Eagles' favorite song is probably Long Road Out of Eden. Well, but... there are favorite songs, but then there are also ones that you know. Oh, oh b- best example, one. best example, Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. That's got to be because the best that is their Because that's their best song as well as their most popular song. Yeah. And I would say that's the same with Zeppelin and Stairway. But... Whereas actually, that's a, that's a really great talking point because there's a lot of bands where their best or their their tech, well, as we would probably, as you probably a bit more qualified to to assess it, but their their most technically great songs are not necessarily their best one. D- to answer the question for Zeppelin, though, God, I love Black Dog. That song yeah. I listen to so much, specifically the drums. If you if you pay close attention, that's such a difficult drum, like to drum to that song. I remember seeing it live. It was like um, there was like a wasn't obviously zeppelin it, there was um it was like a tribute band and the, the drummer was incredible but i remember watching it and going god that's a tough listen back to it yeah um anyway yeah digress. <laughs> no no not really no it is an it is an interesting talking point but yeah i just i i love the inclusion of the immigrant song and also because i feel like when jack black starts singing it and you know he has that like eyebrow game ah. and that because that vocal line that uh, yeah is so like demonic yeah and mm, chromatic and it it just clashes but like in this really satisfying way where it goes and then right on there you feel really tense yeah and then when it releases yeah it's an incredible suspension yeah, yeah it's a yeah that thank you 
And did I just, did I just cut you off? No, there? you did. No, I, I thank you for like putting a good word to it. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, like it, it just feels really tense, and there's this clash, and but then it it resolves right there, and then he he just does it again. Da, 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 yeah. I have I have a bit of a comparison actually to Jack Black to someone else that you and I know well, we don't know him personally but yeah. uh, another artist from a totally different time um, but uh, I I I you've just remind you remind me of something so just two points that I wanted to make so firstly you said the eyebrows what about the eyebrows the bit when he kind of does the 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 wave with his eyebrows oh, yeah when, when he, he sees listening them in music, music class and he sees in music <laughs> class I love I love that and watching them play classical music and I've actually there's a question to you then because obviously you are a classical classically trained musician yeah. you play the violin yeah. you play I, it professionally I, I would describe and you're bloody my, good I would describe <laughs> myself as as primarily classical at this point like and be feeling myself did, otherwise <laughs> but did you did you watch this film and and see yourself in it or did this film inspire you because obviously you also play the electric guitar so in a lot of ways there's did you see zach because this movie came out when you were probably zach's age as well didn't probably it? So yeah th th i can see a lot of this i can see why this movie just just took like captured you yeah 100 percent. at the time this movie came out i very much still didn't know what i wanted to do I knew that I loved music. I think that I didn't know really what avenue of music I wanted to like go down. Like because I was playing I was playing the violin at that point. But I was also playing guitar and actually, you know, I I could play what what I know that I enjoyed most about music, which is something that which is a lesson that school of rock really hammers home is the biggest enjoyment of music comes from playing it with your pals oh for sure and it's not and actually a very small percentage of enjoyment for music is anything to do with the actual music it's more to do mm. with playing with people which is something that i'm really struggling with at the moment actually in lockdown because you know I, I, honestly how long it's been since i've actually played music with another human being is probably the longest of my life actually yeah, interesting. Um, I mean, it's totally going to feel true. so sweet when you eventually get around to doing no, it. No, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's going to, I'm really looking forward to it, actually, because I think it's going to be a period of, like, creativity and I'll get a lot of projects done that I've been wanting nice. to do and it's going to be really exciting. But until that happens, I'm just me and my vibe. I'm a violin in my room pra practicing solo stuff and it's nowhere near as fun. It's nowhere mm. near as fun. I actually had a point, sorry, just onto that with the whole yeah, yeah. school thing, because um, it was it was back to what I was saying about someone else who I think Jack Black reminded me of. Uh, and this is the last point that I wanted to make before I shut up and let you let you take us home. But the the uh, I was thinking about what that point you made specifically about how he inspires the kids to do what he wants and how he he's able to vocalize these things and get across the messages specifically with the, the legend of the rent and stuff. And um, we obviously we're talking about back at school. So back at school, obviously Burns nights were a huge, a huge part of yeah. uh, a part of our school and part of tradition yeah. being in Scotland and Burns, t Burns nights are the 25th of January and our school used to do uh, Burns evenings. And I, one year was asked to do the toast of the immortal memory where you stand up and you talk a little bit about Robert. I Burns remember this and what Robert Burns means to you. And you, uh, yeah. And, and, it, and it's, it's quite a, sorry, I'm bashing my mic. It's quite a, it's quite a specific part of the night and no burn night is you know no no burns night is without it and i remember learning something or kind of um i think maybe i read it somewhere in a book but someone someone had someone had uh summarized burns 
as an artist very very beautifully so burns robert burns scottish scottish poet for national poet for scotland uh famous for um so many so many famous uh, poems tam o'shanter yeah uh and uh old lang syne famously my lover's like a red red rose yeah. but he Th- thanks uh, for saying it correctly i would have had to not be friends with you if you'd said okay. it wrong okay <laughs> <laughs> um, but but he uh I remember reading somewhere that Rob, what Robert Burns was able to do was that, and I, just very quickly, Robert Burns was able to, we all feel love. You know, we all know the feeling of love. We've all felt it. But there's very few people who can uh, put that into words and, and put those feelings into words and put them into pen and paper and actually write them. And it's when you read Burns' poem, you, you, you go, yeah, that's love. That's what it feels. That's it. And I couldn't say that. You know, like if you... If, 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 if you um, uh, a fond kiss for example when you when you read that as a poem and you yeah. sing that you go that is love that is yeah. love love and tenderness jack black has a very similar style where you, you, you that when you were talking about led zeppelin that whole point where you were making on the suspension of the immigrant song you you feel these things you feel these but jack black is so good at vocalizing that passion for music and specifically rock music and the anarchy that it brings and the the release that it offers to people who you know potentially don't have that opportunity in their lives or quite you know quite clearly in the case of these kids and i just thought it was a very apt comparison of that there is there's very few artists that can absolutely put into words feelings that we all inherently have and uh, and and that was that was a large takeaway, and that was a large comparison. When I rewatched it again, that was something that I'd thought about. Uh, yeah. And on to your point. No, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I would like to wrap it up mm. with a big two thumbs up. Yeah, two thumbs up completely. What what a great! I loved rewatching this. I loved it because you said to me. I'm going to rewatch this, not because I'm doing it for the podcast, because I want to watch it. And yeah. I went and watched. And it's just like amazing. And you it's know what? I, so I, you know, I, I have no shame in saying when they went on stage and did it for real in the Battle of the Bands, like mm. I kind of welled up a bit. Oh. Like I was so happy watching this because it has been years, actually. I've not watched it in a criminally long, long amount of time. And I did really well up because it's just really... It's nostalgic. It's really nostalgic and yeah. satisfying and emotional. Satisfying. And yeah, and they all they they all they don't sound fantastic like when they're practicing it. Have you noticed? Because they all do it on practice amps. They mm-hmm. don't play the big stuff until they're actually on the stage. Mm. And I think that does a that goes a long way helping the audience feel that they've realized their vision and they've made their journey and it they've done it. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Just before we get on, just before we get uh, on to yeah, okay. your thing, I, I, I think we should do an acapella transition in, into the next section. Okay. I think we should do an acapella transition to the next section. So you and I are going to sing this. Okay. Like Thank together. God we rehearsed this. Yeah, like we together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to sing this together. I'm going to cue it and you're going to know exactly what to do. And then as soon as we finish, okay. you can launch into your segment, right? Okay, go for okay, it. Okay, right. 
and then Katie, you come in with the bass. Okay, on this week, it is weird. I thought it's just, oh, well, yeah, thank you. It'll do just Okay, on this week on the show, I am bringing a very so. If you, if I, if we were doing this podcast, let's say ten years ago, this would not be a controversial film or a controversial film choice. But now, in twenty twenty, for a number of reasons, I'm bringing what I think is probably quite a controversial film. Now, you said something to me um, before I watched this that you didn't, you don't really like this. Film. Sorry, the film's Forrest Gump. Yeah. By the way, wondering. I think I said it at the top of the film, uh, the episode. We do, but, we do but, this quite often, don't we? We, yeah, we do, we, we, we do just assume really, that people. Have well, that's why read I'm trying the... to change the. That's why I want to change the the intro piece oh, okay, so that fair. I say them up top, so yeah. I cover my cover my arse. But obviously, I right, put good. it in the title, so you yeah, would, yeah. you would, you know. And um, this, so this film, so you phoned me before before I sat down and rewatched this, and 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 I was shocked to hear that you're not a huge fan of this film. No, I'm not. And I, I'm wrong. That really though. shocked me. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 you. You explained to me. Now, we, obviously, we also just ch- chatted a little bit before we hit record there. And you said to me, "I'm look. You were looking forward for me to change your mind." Yeah. And I've got I've got something sad to tell you, mate. Um, that conversation we had before I sat down and watched Forrest Gump again, you actually changed my mind. Oh no, that makes and me feel terrible. This, and I watched this movie again, and. You know, it's no, it's no surprise. So this, I'm so nostalgic to this movie, and we we talked about dads at the start, and this this was one movie that my dad loved, and we we always quote this movie, and um, we my I remember my dad record, I remember having this copy of this in VHS because my dad recorded it on TV. It was being yeah. played on TV. You know how you some of my some of my favorite movies from my childhood have been ones that you've recorded straight off TV off TV, and this was so this was I always remember this, and I and um. Uh, so growing up, I loved this movie, and I rewatched it again, and yeah, it's 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 it fell very differently. And I th- I think that this movie, I don't think this movie's aged particularly well in the last ten years. Yeah. I think it's started to fall off a little bit, and you know, you could say there's a lot of reasons why that might be. Uh, we'll we'll talk about the themes of the movie, I think, after and. Uh, but but I I suspect one of the reasons not that and it's not the the fault of the movie is that you know that that we're we're moving further and further away from that very iconic um, couple of decades in American history. So it's maybe it's the relevance of starting to fall yeah. on, and and the impact and the social impact of what it was of what what we were watching. This film very very much is, and I think you'll like this comparison. But this film is very very much the music the music video for Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." Yeah. <laughs> Because that's if a, you think of it, yeah. <laughs> um, but and and that's what I was thinking all the way throughout. So let's talk about some things that uh, we do like about this movie. To start with, obviously we have Robert Zemeckis, and I think this is probably his finest work. Um, we have Alan Silvestri again. So that yeah. pairing that we saw a couple of weeks ago. And some back lovely to the music in this film. I'll, lovely, I will say that. Really I will say that music. right off the bat. So, so I think we'll we'll start with Alan Silvestri's main theme, the forest theme. And there's 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 obviously, if you go to the soundtrack for this movie, the vast majority of the soundtrack of this movie is just iconic music from the decades that this film portrays. And my God, there is some iconic music in this film. 
and for so many reasons i the, the soundtrack for this movie is great i think i also had this on cd and it was a great soundtrack just to have because you could just you could put this on at a party and everyone there's no song in this that you don't recognize or know or the hook or the intro or the or the main theme of any of the the sort of music so, like the the actual songs in this um you, you know like for example there's six doors songs in this film six 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 door songs okay, so it's somebody, mental somebody was a fan but, but exactly but and, and then there's there's two credence clearwaters there's there's just so many iconic songs in this film that from that from that era and uh you obviously said that the music at the start was beautiful alan silvestri's main theme the do 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 the feather piece of music is it's it's heartwarming yeah and the feather and it's obviously you know showing you know fate um and and falling down onto him and and it kind of that's puts it in obviously curious george the book which is beautiful because then it ends with the same feather moving away after he passes it to his son and 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 uh it's it's there's a there's another piece i would say the second because it's one long track that the the scoring for this movie is one long track on the soundtrack so it's not like there's different parts yeah um so it's it's one i think it's like one 15 minute song on the soundtrack and it's all of the scoring condensed into one piece of music yeah so, so a sketchbook yeah so there's different yeah, movements it's a sketchbook. as such yeah oh, is that what it's called? okay yeah. so this the first of the first sketch in the sketchbook is that beautiful feather theme the second is a powerful a piece of music and it's played a couple of times throughout um and it's the do 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 i'm just singing now sorry <laughs> into the microphone but it's it's uh, it's it's so deep and it's evocative and and what it makes makes me do is that when i was younger i used to love this piece of music specifically because it's quite a it's it's quite um Often he listens to this music, like there's that sequence where he he's on the, the the shrimp boat and he's looking out onto the sunset and he's looking out onto the different things because he's missing Jenny. Um, God, that, that the the whole Jenny piece is just tears your heart out, doesn't yeah. it? The the but the that the, whole the character, where, the whole character. Yeah, Jeez. we'll get. Yeah, Robin Wright, definitely one of her best performances yeah, as well. But but the the sequence where he's looking out and he's kind of reflecting and looking on the, the horizons of his life and stuff that that piece of music every time i listen to it i can't help looking out on horizons and just like take yourself somewhere and listen to that piece of music and just it's a very reflective piece of music yeah. and I, I just i just love it um but yeah be beautiful and delicate main theme so let, let's let's talk a bit of uh let, let's talk a little bit about this film this film on you go mate my goodness so right off the bat i'll say i watched this movie in three chunks over two days how it was meant to be i watched it <laughs> oh, exactly i watched it in three three so distinct you've not given it a good start three <laughs> distinct sections over two days because as i said to you i i just I, I can't be bothered with this film. Like, I can't be bothered having this film that has been said by so many people as like, you know, a pinnacle of 
acting and storytelling and Hollywood and yada, 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 yada. And I watch it and I just see Tom Hanks doing a fantastic job, but his character of Forrest just being put into iconic situations in America. Yeah. And it's just the fact that that he's there. It doesn't really say a huge amount about what's happening at the time. And I think yeah. that's very deliberate because the character doesn't really understand who he's met and what's going on at the time. He's just, he's just he's just there and he's just living his life and he's just going through it and the things he talks about most are Jenny and ping pong and and stuff like that. And I just mm. I find that frustrating and again i i and i this is why i say that i think i'm wrong about not liking this movie because i think the reasons why i don't like this movie are the point of the movie are exactly the things that they were trying to achieve with it no so so um so this so this is where i i'm gonna let you down actually because i think you wanted me to to turn your mind but you've obviously turned my mind i and i, I never wanted to do that do you no, know how bad think, that makes me feel no it's, no, 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 i think it's important no like i i, I i'm wrong here i i it's i now rewatch it and i agree with the points and i think i'm able to i i think i'm able to um put into words the feeling and and, and this is what i kind of thought about it was that so that point of he, he kind of just stumbles through American history, these iconic, iconic points and stuff. What the, the movie's message is um, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Just yeah. a very important, poignant point. And it, and it displays that, of course. Yeah. But the, the hidden message of this movie is um, don't let anyone ever tell you you're different. Yeah. Per, you know, and, and it's that point of persevere, try. You know, you, 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 you don't don't give up do these right things and they use forest to to do this and they put him in these situations but the problem with that is that forest at no point knows that he's install uh, he's instilling these message this message of perseverance and 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 uh tenacity and determination take for example the the the, the vietnam scene he he doesn't know he's doing an incredible feat he just wants to save his mate. Yeah. And Oh, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really touching moments in this. They're movie. touching. They're touching, but I think Forrest is used more as a as a tool or as a as as a as a as a machine to make you think that way. But yeah. at no point do you relate to him and his internal struggles of because he doesn't know he's doing these things. Yeah. At no point does he know the whole fishboat thing. But you know, like there's a really famous there's a really famous bit at the end where obviously he has the stocks from Bubba Company and he invests in Apple and he goes oh I you know I invest, invested my money in a fruit company or something and yeah. someone said we don't have to worry about money anymore and I'm like what what is that I mean like that's funny it's great for the story but like yeah. that's that's disconnected to the point of you know be determined to try. You know, like you're right. He just stumbles into a lot of these situations. Yeah, he just he, he, he doesn't through know all he's of it. doing it. He doesn't know it. And and I, I and so to that point, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. It's great, but at no point I think this film should call itself a hopeful or 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 movie that that displays how just because you're different, just because you're subpar, doesn't mean you can't do these yeah. things. Because he he that's not what he's tried to do. He's not trying to make that message. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, we're kind of going down this strand because in a way, for a movie that's hailed as like the peak of dramatic Hollywood, right? It doesn't fall into the camp of really hammering home the American dream. 
does it? Because well, no, because no. and that's another. What thing is the American? Because the American dream is, well, frankly, a falsehood. But that's a different. Mm-hmm. That's a different debate. But the American dream is the idea that anyone can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and then and you know work work their way to the top and mm. and have everything they ever want if they just try really really hard and what you've just described quite rightly is not that no it's it's lucking into it yeah and and we we talked obviously about american dream and american so it it, it shows uh america from the 50s to I, i'd say sort of the late 70s early 80s and it, and it shows america at that time and wow what a what a a a difficult time Uh, i i would say the the sort of the teenage years of america so to speak just it it was learning so much about itself and i think it's probably one of the i mean obviously recent american history is starting to become just as turbulent as before but specifically that time in american history was incredibly turbulent and the the what was what was acceptable and what was right changed dramatically there was there was flips and flops and obviously it deals with some incredibly deep parts like it it shows america in a in a horrendous light this movie it it, you know and and it 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 shows up front the drug abuse from jenny and and you know in the the, and it shows her depression and her uh, obviously her being abused and not to mention the 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 racism the the rampant racism that that, that was apparent all throughout america in that time and you know obviously we 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 addressed our our feelings on the black lives matter movement but this this movie just makes you feel um there's some there's there's some sequences i think that the whole point where uh the the um uh just before george wallace is shot so the the governor is shot yeah how they're 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 letting black people um attend colleges and universities and people are were were against that and and obviously then the other point of this which was in the book so the the book of forrest gump he was named after uh, general uh uh, Bedford Forrest Gump, yeah. who was the initiator of the Ku Klux Klan, yeah. and it it, it it addresses these very very uncomfortable topics. They are aren't up they? front, but another reason why I don't like Forrest Gump is because it has all these very dark things, and it it in some ways glosses over them, and it addresses them, but it glosses over them, and it does it through a really interesting way. And I don't think there's any movie that is um that is similar to this. Uh, I would say this. I, I guess it's a negative point. So, the the let's talk about narration and narrating a movie. Now, and, and uh, having a narrator on a movie typically is used because um, it, it's either you're identifying that your movie is going to be built around a narrator, maybe something mm-hmm. like Deadpool, for example, yeah. where that was kind of designed to be around that. Then you've got a different example of when a narrator is moved in. So, for example, Blade Runner. The original Blade Runner didn't have a narrator. Yeah. But it was added in in a in, a, in an extended release of the film, yeah. one of the many, because there was. Uh, I've lost track of, of which people... version of Blade exactly, Runner exactly. I've actually but, seen. <laughs> but so I I've seen the I've seen both. But the reason that they've put the narrated version in is because audience members felt that, that it was a little confusing, and actually it ties the film together. And I I I'm inclined to agree with that inclusion. Yeah. So we can argue that a narrator is by and large a quick fix for sloppy writing what, or for an unclear what, what, message what's, of a story. what's your what's your favorite narrator movie um i don't know i mean obviously i think probably this one because this is still a, one of my most favorite movies yeah uh oh i think i think 
Uh, I think probably Shawshank's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. Have you got one? Yeah, Hercules. Oh, really? Okay, cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the three, the the three Greek uh, gospel, oh, yeah, gospel they're, women, and um, singing singing a... gospel throughout, like Mount Olympus, going. So or the fun. or the three blind mice from Babe. They're 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 pretty sick. <laughs> they're pretty sweet. <laughs> um, but the, but my point just to this is that this is the this is the only time where I think a narrator actually hinders the progression of this movie. Because Forrest Gump's narration of these dark sequences or these dark scenes, they take away from the gravitas of the situation. Yeah, they kind of it, it's kind of like you know, there's obviously some there's some sequences where like the Watergate scandal, for example. Yeah. you know how he was going, like, and he narrates over that, or or the the point of the the Black Panthers when he's in when he's in the Black Panthers movement. Yeah, he saw. Um, the whole thing of we were we were looking through the the the, the Vietnam where we're looking for this guy called Charlie. Now it's obviously very funny because it's 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 kind of like a comedy on the fact that he doesn't really understand why he's in that situation, yeah. but it's a really important time for American history. Yeah. But I just I'm just a bit like I don't know if that's I don't know if we needed that narrating. I don't know. I I would love to watch this movie again without him narrating. I don't know. I don't think narration. it would work. I think it would be better. You think I it'd be think better? You, yeah, I think it would be a better film because obviously the whole thing of being shot in the butt and uh, it just jumped up and bit me. It, it you would you know you would need to kind of cull it. But I would love to see a version of this movie where they didn't have the narration for it. Interesting. Um, and I think that would genuinely improve it. I I I don't think I would want to want to see that. No. Well, yeah, because I can't be bothered with this film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's make our way through it. So let, let's talk about some of the music. So a couple of musical inclusions for this. We start with Elvis Presley uh, coming up with his iconic dance routine with uh, Forrest and his calipers. Yeah. Uh, and Point. I want to ask you, who does the voice of Elvis Presley? Oh. Mm. Oh. You'll never guess this in a thousand years. Oh, well, then, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun point. It's actually Kurt Russell. Is it? It's Kurt Is Russell it? that does the voice he's, of he's, Elvis. He's my current um, hair style icon because uh, I've, he's I've, got, great. I've got I've got my length I've got my length now, so like I'm pushing pushing my hair back, and it's like proper long Kurt Russell mullet now. Actually, talking of narration, he's my icon for deep gravelly voice. I love him narrating in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. He's oh yeah. yeah, 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 very very cool, that. very very cool. Um. So obviously, an- another musical inclusion of a famous person that we see, uh, and there, there's a, there's a few, but my, one that hit now. So again, this is kind of segue into my other point of this. I would still class as an Onion movie. You watch this and you realize things you didn't realize every time. Yeah. And the the one thing that I didn't, I only just realized last, uh, sorry, this week when I watched it, was obviously you have the inclusion of John Lennon. Yeah. And when he's on, I think it's the Letterman show. Maybe it's not right if you're one of those sort of late night talk shows and there's uh there's a sequence where he goes so Forrest, tell us about vietnam and he goes well um you know they have no possessions wow they have no food wow that's horrible and then you know and they have none of this and letterman goes god that's 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 so difficult to imagine and <laughs> john lennon goes well it's it's easy if you try uh... and I- 
but, but, but what's funny about that sequence is I never picked up on that until this week. I watched it and I went, Really? You oh, never heard that? It, I never noticed that. And then it kind of goes, someone went and shot that nice, nice English man. But for no reason. For no reason. But exa- exactly, for no reason. Yeah. It's, 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 I can't put it into words, but I quite liked it because it it wasn't obvious. Well, but obviously well, to me as a young kid, but when you watch it again, it is a little bit more obvious. Um, let's talk about some more some more songs in this. So we have famous inclusions of like Bob Dylan, but where uh, Jenny is Bobby Dylan, you know, nude on stage yeah. playing and she's being heckled. And that amazing scene where Forrest just goes up and just rails that guy. It's just, it's yeah. so funny. And, uh, and then carries, carries her off the stage. Um, the, the, <laughs> he is the, a gent. He is a, well, but he doesn't know he's doing it. I mean, he's just, he's just friend zoned to the nth degree. But, what I mean, like, what a personal he's not, Jenny. Though. He's not, though. I believe that Jenny loves him. Yeah. I believed, just, I believed I in this movie that... she can't love him, or it's an odd one. No, Sorry, I think, on, as far as, like, Jenny is concerned, I don't know if you're going to go into a deeper a deeper cut on Jenny, but when I saw Jenny here, I, I genuinely thought that, as far as her love for Forrest goes, I felt like she felt like she didn't deserve him. Mm. I felt like she had so little, so small self-esteem and so le- little self-worth that mm. she didn't believe herself worthy of any sort of love. And, and because Forrest is a very, very, he's a very, very pure spirit. Like he's got very, very mm. simple thoughts and emotions and ideas. She kind of saw herself as a bit of a corruption to that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's kind I of, it's that, kind of like she was protecting him almost. And obviously that started with her at a very young age where she, you know, she was abused by her father yeah. and her and her, obviously they, again, like Forrest Gump goes, oh, he, his dad was always kissing her and hugging her and stuff. And I'm just a bit like, oh, yeah, like, I, was, like, I felt really uncomfortable. With that. Yeah, that's and, a, that's a, and he, like when he was saying it, like, obviously going back to this, he doesn't understand half no. of the things that he's telling us as an audience, but mm. I felt like there needed to be some like inclining yeah of yeah this is actually like pretty dark and disturbing because it was mm. just way too casual just thrown mm. out there well I, and i think so just on jenny there so uh, there's a there's a musical inclusion uh all the leaves are brown by the mamas and i'm uh, sorry california dreaming <laughs> sorry the first lyrics are all the leaves are brown <laughs> yeah, california that, dreaming song, all, the all the leaves are brown <laughs> all the leaves are brown. california dreaming which is uh and we talked about that obviously again in once upon a time in hollywood where we had the um i forget who it was holding his out i can't remember who it was that sang the the lovely cover of that but california dreaming is played at a very poignant point in this film because it's forest sat upright writing in the rain to jenny oh and that yeah. bit where he when he realizes none of his letters went to her yeah Goodness. oh but crushing but but he he's writing to jenny in the rain sat upright california dream is playing and it shows the yin and the yang of american citizens that time mm-hmm. you have him in you know in the jungles of vietnam fighting yeah and you have jenny a hippie in in america yeah you know, opposed to the war against it uh, in a very free love kind of environment. And it just shows the yin and the yang of America. And that song, there's a couple of songs. So um, we obviously talked about California Dreaming. Um, San Francisco is another song that's played with Scott uh, McKenzie um, just at that point where Jenny moves west uh, away from D.C. and she goes out to L.A. Yeah. 
and those some of those songs are just you know San Francisco. If you're going to San Fran, make sure you wear flowers in your hair. Yeah, and it's just that that the, the yin and the yang is so uh, beautiful. And I think the songs. I mean, there are so many songs in this movie. Sorry, just talk on to the songs. There are so many songs in this movie. It's unreal. Like I said, six songs from the Doors, and the Doors are so iconic from that time. You know, like the the the. The, the the points all the way throughout this movie where they just they just throw in a door song because it just goes it takes you to they're so evocative yeah all the music is so evocative for this yeah. for this sequence I've never actually and, listened to a Doors album Uh I'm a huge sucker for the Doors yeah I lo- I'm a huge sucker for the Doors um some other just evocative music in this and and, I, and it brings me on to a wider point um so another evocative piece of music was we talked a little bit about but let's get into the whole Vietnam sequences yeah. So obviously, when you think of Vietnam and you think of music, who are you thinking? I'm thinking. I can't even remember what it's called, but it's the thing that goes, ding, ding. Oh, ding, Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. So ding. that's for what it's worth. Yeah, for for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield. What's yeah, that? It's a hey great, there, what's that? Sound? What's that sound, everybody? It, yeah, I love I love that song. It's uh, that's in it, right? Yeah, of course that's in yeah. that's when they're that's when they're moving. So Buffalo Springfield plays as they're moving through the jungles just before they they are attacked by Viet Cong. And but that song it's... is quintessentially Vietnam, as in like Vietnam War era, well, that's, right? Well, that's it, and that's the point I'm making. So the I <laughs> I listened to Stephen Merchant always used to do this joke how everyone everyone can't listen to Credence Clearwater um, <laughs> or or Buffalo Springfield without going oh the sound of Vietnam <laughs> because it's so because it's like it's everyone says it but it, it's so true like it's so true and uh, the, what I was looking for you to say was Credence Clearwater all right okay because we have a couple of Creed, you know we have Fortunate Son just as we show the the helicopters flying over the the I think it's the Mekong yeah. uh, Delta and 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 then when you you meet Viet, uh, you meet uh, Lieutenant Dan in Vietnam, and then you have that Aretha Franklin respect yeah. playing in the background, which is kind of you know you respect this guy, and it's it's the kind of pairing of this. But it's what this what this movie does is it just does the intro for every song played. Very few songs make it past the thirty second mark in this film because they squeeze so many of them in because they try and use the music in this film to sh- tell you what's happening yeah. and to really just bring you into that era. Like another example of it is, is when they're out walking on patrol and Forrest Gump's introducing to introducing you to the members um, or sort of uh, other members of the platoon and it plays all along the watchtower. Yeah. And it just has that iconic intro. Dun, 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 dun. And it just, it, it's again, and then the guitar just, pulls in there hendrix's beautiful guitar solo just starts that song off and you just have this feeling of this is the time like this music is just so evocative vietnam is era yeah um some some songs that i felt were missing but they could have easily put in there, like, <laughs> give, give, like give me shelter or sympathy for the devil you know those songs, like right, Rolling okay. stones iconic yeah, yeah. pieces w- would have been um, an- another band that always surprises me that are not featured in this soundtrack as well are the beatles yeah i i always well, i mean they had thinking, lennon in it they have lennon of course as yeah we talked about but i always think this soundtrack would have would have maybe benefited from taking away a door song and sticking in you know like a come together yeah and they could like and they could have missed give me they could have missed one out of six of them exactly exactly <laughs> um some some other I mean, like my favorite inclusion would have been like the doors, the other side when he's playing the ping pong and it's showing yeah. all the different montages of him doing this. Yeah, uh, that, the, Tom Hanks was not was not doing the ping pong. 
surely. No, 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 he wasn't. So the ping pong, the ball was superimposed. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So he right. was. So he was doing a lot of the. Because um, it's a, a fairly old movie, and I, I, I always struggle. I always struggle to work out now going back and watching older movies what was practical effects and what was like the beginnings of what we know as cgi yes okay yeah i know what you mean but it's, it's actually quite good I, I think there's a couple of points where the ping pong ball definitely looks superimposed onto it yeah um but sorry just on that doors point i've so I've, I've told you kind of where they all are so the doors have um uh, more songs in this movie than any other band total of six they are soul kitchen so that's in one of the vietnam scenes yeah um hello i love you so that's the first song in gump's ping pong sequence um people are strange which is the second song in gump's first ping pong sequence <laughs> break on through to the other side which is the third song in gump's first ping pong sequence oh. peace frog during a new york city uh, scene with lieutenant dan and love her madly when jenny is leaving her abusive boyfriend so it's just they're just Great. layered throughout and um, on that new york sequences with lieutenant dan when forrest is pushing lieutenant dan uh, in the wheelchair so when he's when he's actually pushing him across the streets in new york what the song that's playing in the background is is another just a famous song from this time which is everybody's talking uh, by harry Nil- um, nilson but lieutenant dan exclaims to the cab driver i'm walking <laughs> i know here, i'm walking here i know but this is this is a homage to the scene in midnight cowboy that has the same music and the same line so that's really? why they included that song in that sequence because they put that in because in Midnight Cowboy that's where that famous iconic I'm walking that's where it comes from. That's Dustin Hoffman, that's, isn't it? Yeah, but that's but that song everybody's talking is is the feature song for that film. Oh, so really? that's why they included. You know it. that was um, that was an accident. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Was it? So like ju- no, just a a real a real NYC cab like cab just swerved was just drove onto the set. Mm. I mean, obviously they were in they were in the city, but like obviously got past like all the checks and all that, and just and they weren't expecting it. And then Dustin Hoffman just like went off on it, you know, smacked the hood and went, hey, "I'm walking here." I'm walking. <laughs> so iconic. Uh, some other songs just iconic. That 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 amazing sequence, and it's a really quirky, kooky part uh of 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 Mrs. Robinson, obviously yeah. Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. You know how it in the intro to it, the do. And it's kind of quite like quirky and odd and a bit funny. Yeah. And then it kind of builds up to the and here's to you. And obviously that plays at the sequence where Nixon jokingly says, President, when he meets, I met the president again. Yeah. So we meet three presidents. He meets JFK, he meets President Johnson. Uh, sorry, have I are you right? Yeah, I just bash my mic. <laughs> um so he meets JFK. He meets President Johnson, so it's Johnson that he meets when President uh, when Mrs. Robinson's playing. Sorry, and when he's meeting uh, Lyndon Johnson, who's he shows arse to Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, and it shows it too, and it's and it's done to the music of Mrs. Robinson. Uh, again, a kind of tongue in cheek to the sort of the graduate being used, and and obviously again more Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. But but he jokes to him obviously and says, "I'd love to sit. It's a million dollar. <laughs> I love that. I, actually, that is one of my favorite parts of the narration. He goes, that was a million dollar bullet. But I never saw any of that million dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that bit. Um, and then obviously he meets Nixon again, which tees up the Watergate scandal. Yeah. And then it shows instantly shows Nixon saying, "Oh, you know, come and stay at the Watergate Plaza." And then next sequence is him stepping down as president because he's obviously been found out yeah. to be oh. part of the scandal. Um, last couple of songs I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about in not the order that they come in in the film. I want to talk about the the one of the, the songs near the end. 
Go Your Own Way. Yeah. Uh, which is a very great song to put Fleetwood Mac in uh, because that sequence where he just runs across America. Yeah. And I love I love the whole thing of the, the one thing that this movie does show is the uh that that line of some people do like he's named Forrest Gump and a whole Bedford Forest thing after the KKK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was named that way because, you know, sometimes people do things and it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And obviously that's kind of a, a laugh at what racism makes no sense. Yeah. But that that feeling of some people just do things for no reason. But obviously Forrest Gump can't express why he just decided to go running. Yeah. He just he just went running. And it's obvious because he just he's just he, he's had his heart broken and he can't express that. He can't so he's like he feels like a caged animal. So he just has to run. And yeah. he just runs. And yeah. um, and I, and I, anyway, I love the inclusion of Go Your Own Way. I think it's a great song to put in. And I think it just shows a really fun montage of him running through the you know the beautiful scenery of America. Yeah. And I always do love a bit of Fleetwood Mac. Bit bit of Fleetwood bit Mac. Of Fleetwood Mac. But the last song I want to talk about, which is just a fantastic, iconic song, is uh, Leonard Skinner. So we have a couple of Leonard Skinner tracks. We obviously have Sweet Home Alabama, yep. which plays for, you know, Greenbow, Alabama, where he is from, yep. um, which I haven't looked up. I don't know if that's a real place or not. But the other track that Leonard Skinner uses is probably the iconic drug overdose. If you have a drug overdose scene in the, in the 60s, yep. you put Freebird in, don't yep. you? And And... It's just. Do you want to talk? Because well, you know actually, a bit about I would this say song. I would say Magic Carpet Ride. Actually, Magic Carpet Ride. Yeah, I would say course, Magic yeah. Carpet Ride. If I was going to overdose on drugs, I would want to do it to uh, <laughs> Magic Carpet Ride. I just forgot the name of it. <laughs> I just love it that that's where we've got to. What would, what would you like to OD to? Yeah, we <laughs> no, we but, ask but, ourselves but, the important topics here. Exactly, on that's emotions. what this podcast is about. <laughs> but man, like, like that sequence where Jenny's on the roof and it's just playing that hectic, incredible. Is it like seven minute long guitar solo? It's one of the well? best guitar solos ever. It is an incredible guitar uh, it's solo. It's in the top. It's in the top five of there, all time another, guitar solos. If you've have you ever seen the movie the uh, the devil? Oh, what's it called? The devil's reject. Is it the devil's rejects? It's a kind of no, it's quite no. a it's quite a niche noir. I think it's Rob Zombie uh, thriller. But the, the 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 that song is played at the closing credits of it um, in a in a kind of Bonnie and Clyde esque. Uh, um, sort of homage where the the devil's rejects finally get tracked down by the police and they just drive at the police and it kind of plays that so sorry spoil, spoil the film very it's, it's really it's really great great movie actually it's, it's really creepy but as well but uh it's it's an amazing it's an amazing sequence and i've always loved that song for that sequence sure. but when i rewatched forrest gump i thought god it's an appropriate song to show when jenny is you know quite literally on the edge yeah, yeah. you know and that and that's what it's that's what obviously yeah, that, that imagery and is obviously doing, and obviously doing. it's a sound and a song that's very evocative of the era as well mm. um one non-song soundtrack and i'm going to cap this off there's a funny inclusion of a creature uh in this so there's a there's a particular sequence in this movie okay, okay. and they use uh it's not a song but they use um like a sound clip from a creature from a film the year previous to this or i think just was coming out this year Really? You're not going to... Yeah, you're not... It's a tough can one. I, can, I, uh, can I have a clue? Can you tell me which scene this is in? I'll see if I can try and like bring okay, it out so of my memory. It's the, it's the storm sequence where it, it cuts to the storm on the on the shrimp boat. Okay. And there's a creature sound in it. 
there's a sound of something, yes, that is a very iconic sound from a movie that occurred, I think, the same year. was being filmed, certainly the same sort of time. Okay. Steven Spielberg film is the other clue. <laughs> can, I, can we play 20 questions? What's the... What, Go for it. What, what, oh, what, fuck what, me. This, isn't yeah, this just yeah, great? Yeah, yeah. What a this shit is, no, 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 this, this, is. Good, this is good quality content. This is good quality content. Right, okay, what, 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 year, what year did Forrest Gump come out again? 94. 94, so... 90- and I think this, this film came out... In fact, this film came out in 93 because this film was the highest... Uh, this film was the, was the number one box office when I was born. This film 93, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. The only one, really, isn't there? It's not Hook. No. Hook was, was, 90, Hook was 90s. It was 1995, 94. No, no, no. It wasn't Spielberg. It was, it, sorry, it was Spielberg, but it wasn't Hook. Oh, very iconic film. I'm sure. I'm just drawing a blank as to of, of early 90s Spielberg. That involved loads of creatures that were brought back. Film 65 million years in the making. Oh, oh that's, that's really annoying. That's the, oh my God. That's right. Really I'm going to, you, you don't deserve to yeah, get I know it right. I don't. A film 65. I know that. I know that tagline. <laughs> Why can't I? Oh, just. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to move oh, Jurassic yourself away. Park. There you oh, go. for Bloody goodness hell. sake. Cass. So what in, are you doing? in that sequence where it cuts to the storm and, and the Jenny, Jenny one, the, the, the shrimp boat in the storm, it plays a cut of the Tyrannosaurus roar. Watch back and you'll right. hear it. It's and it, it, fair it, enough. I I heard it instantly and I googled it and I eventually found someone, another mad conspiracy theorist on the internet who'd found the same connection. It's interesting, like it's it. it's interesting how often sound bites from other things end up in movies. I think probably the most famous example is the Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream, right? Yeah, Wilhelm scream, of course. Yeah, which is uh, yeah famous. But um, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna cap it off there. This the music in this movie is used very effectively i think not only the scoring the beautiful scoring that accompanies throughout this this movie as you say in the sketchbook format but the music's used in a very different way we basically this is like the intros um music movie because it shows them the interest for a lot of movies or it shows just small segments for um different songs in this movie and what how it uses these songs is it uses them to really embed you in the time yeah. that this song came out. I think by and large, when all the songs occur, that was the year they occurred in was when they're being played on screen. Yeah, yeah. And so obviously like Hound Dog, for example, back in the 50s, and then you go your own way, which is kind of like close to the later 70s. And obviously Leonard Skinner, which is sort of earlier 70s, the the songs that are being played are being played at the time that you're watching them. Door right. is another example. That's why I think they're very effective and it's very clever how they use a lot of the, the music in this. So for that reason, specifically that reason, I give this two thumbs up. You do. It's a lot, a lot of thought and a lot of care. And plus, Alan Silvestri, it's a beautiful piece of music. I love it. It's iconic. That floating feather sequence, you just can't take away from that. Okay. My Yeah, and I don't know. I, this movie's no longer in my top three movies. It's probably no longer my top five movies. I think... I now prefer Robert Zemeckis and Alan Silvestri's Back to the Future yeah. to this. I think yeah. they've swapped places, the two of them. Um, but music movie-wise, it's only going stronger for me. Fair enough. Oh, very good, very good. Well, I was going to give this two half thumbs up. Oh, fuck yours. What is two half thumbs two up? Two half <laughs> thumbs up. It's one thumb. No, I don't think it is one thumb. I don't think it is one thumb because it's like one thumbs for the movie and one thumbs for the for the music. 
and un- unfortunately i i my mind's been changed on the music aspect of it you know you you know you've guided us through you know all the the detail of the music both score and like playlist sides of it and i think i'm gonna upgrade that to one thumb so it's like one and a half thumbs because like <laughs> it's half a thumb for the movie no, it's 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 one thumb or two thumbs up. It's We've one, gone then. over this. It's one. Oh, go fuck it. <laughs> it's one. It's one. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, thank you for being candid. Thank you for being honest. And I think, yeah, it's a music and movie. And if you don't like... Just don't ask me to back it up. Just don't ask me to back it up. Exactly. If you come up to me in the street... Show workings. If you come up to me in the street and say, I cannot believe you don't like Forrest Gump, I'm, I'm just going to tell you to go away and leave me alone. I'm going to back I you don't, up one I don't, ca- I don't care about this movie at all. <laughs> fantastic oh what a downer it's a charming bloody movie it's odd it's do you know what is odd about this movie is how quickly it just kicks in you've got the floating feather sequence woman steps off the bench sits next to him onto the bench and just goes hi there i'm forrest gump yeah. and it's like it just starts and then he just starts talking about those are comfortable shoes but you can walk all day and not feel a thing in those and then the movie just starts who just starts talking to a stranger like that it, it, if you Gump, watch apparently. it right but you could hold your breath and you're already in the first flashback sequence yeah. from the start of this movie <laughs> it just kicks off yeah <laughs> Moving forward, then. Yeah. Uh, again, you've got you've got a few things to bring, but I've got I've got something that I wanted to tell you about uh, on the back of that Jurassic Park uh, quote. There, God, I love that movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, they 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 recently put uh, they recently put Jurassic World uh, two. Oh, the world's got bigger with dinosaurs. Yeah. And uh, I watched it. The, you what? It was recently put on Netflix yeah. again. What was your thought, wasn't it? Oh, it's utter shit. Oh, I really liked oh, it again. It's, oh, it's so oh, bad. It's not. It's good. It's oh, good. What no, about that opening? Se- what about that opening sequence, though? Don't they? They really capture the original Jurassic Park with that opening sequence, don't they? With the T Rex in the rain and the submarine. Yeah. Do you know that bit? But oh, in it, but it's derivative. That's like. Oh, it's good. That's no, like member good. berries. That's member berries, mate. That's member berries. That's member. Ah, member the rain. Mem- remember the T-Rex? Oh, I remember, remember the, the T-Rex. Remember the remember, remember there's, Jurassic there's Park? Bit, oh, remember. Like. Oh, that was the other bit that I liked. The bit when they go onto the island and then the um, the other dinosaur with the long nose comes in on, on, uh, and Claire and um, on the other guy and the, 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 the lava dripping through the tunnel as the dinosaur's coming in. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's scary. Yeah. I liked it. It was good. No, there, so were, much... there, were, there were big there were big moments in it, but it was right. such a terrible story. Ah, it was all right. Oh it no, right. it was terrible. <laughs> it was all right. And I'm like, Rafe Spall, what are you doing in this movie? Yeah, some of the some of the some of the some of the storytelling's a bit weird. And the whole the James what was it James, James Cromwell, Cromwell. D- derivative of uh, Attenborough and that. Yeah, exactly. And all he's doing is lying in a bed. Like, oh yeah, no, honestly. It's such it 
it is such a cookie cutter movie i don't care how entertaining some of it is it's so blatantly i like what they're trying to do i like what trevara is trying to do i think they i wish they kept it with trevara because obviously he did the first jurassic world which was very good very good actually i've got you know i've got a lot of time for that movie like and it's gotten steadily worse with with repeated viewings because it is it is fairly standard shit like it is but but they're dealing towards Jurassic Park domination or Jurassic World domination where yeah. you're kind of showing direct dinosaurs in, in the world and how people react to that. Uh, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, um, uh, Jeff Goldblum, they're all coming back. Yeah. Also, all coming oh, back, I called it though. I I absolutely oh, called it go. on the trailer here. I, yeah, I, okay. Sorry, and, ladies and gentlemen. Right, yeah. yeah. Gonna, and you goes. remember this. You remember this. When that trailer came out, I said to you, and I said to everybody that asked me, which is like only a couple of people, because really, who cares about this? Me and you and your girlfriend. Me, me and you and my girlfriend. You <laughs> said it to me twice. Told everyone. <laughs> people, including you, were like, oh, and Jeff Goldblum's back. Like, you know, it's good. I'm like, honestly, I'll be surprised if he's in like twice as much as he's in the, in the trailer. No, like, but, but see, that's see how much, because see how much he's in the trailer. That. That's uh-huh. what's in the movie. There but is no s- more Jeff Goldblum than that. And what happened? I saw it, and yeah, pretty much. No, but that wasn't you going. That, but they were saying that, like he came out, he was open to that. Like when they showed him, because it was a big hype that Jeff Goldblum was going to be in this movie. They didn't say and that then, in the marketing. They did, I read it. Everywhere. They did not say it. that in the marketing. I read it. I knew he would only be in that, as if we were going to see him chasing a Velociraptor or something like that. No, I, I didn't think he'd be do, uh, he'd yeah. do that. But you, but it was suggested that maybe it, he would be more of a character presence and interact with our main <laughs> cast, which he doesn't do at all. He he kicks a Dilophosaurus in the head, in the in the extent, and then sits back yeah, down at the us, panel. Show us the director's cut of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. I'm only so joking. Jurassic, Don't ever do so that. Jurassic World: Fallen. So it made me. That's what, that's what it was called. I didn't know what it was called. Fallen Kingdom, of course. It's very forgettable. But the, yes. uh, the it's not it a all, good film. That's why. It's all right. Ah, we love. It. We had a good time. Cam, you just like dinosaurs, mate. Just love just them. admit that you just have I a like bias them so much, right? Because. There was a game. There was a game, if you remember, called Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, where you could make your own Jurassic Park. Well, it was Rollercoaster Tycoon. It was Rollercoaster Tycoon or Zoo Tycoon, probably more accurately, but for dinosaurs. And it was a great game. And what I didn't realize was... So so when I watched this movie, I was thoroughly satisfied. I'll have you know. (laughs) Right. And and I went online and I went, oh, I'm going to bring back some member berries. And I googled Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. And Alex... Do you know what came up? What? There's a new version of Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. No way. And it's called, yeah, it's called Jurassic Park, uh, I don't know, some, something else. The Second some, Genesis. Genesis. Second Genesis. Anyway, it's basically some blokes who have realized how good that game was, and they've made a new one. It's like Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, but Jurassic World 2. Ooh. And it's you can make your own Jurassic World, right? Went on to Xbox Store. It was 70% off. Oof. This game that was 60 quid cost me like 13.50. I was over the moon. I, I and bet. I, and I bought it instantly. Uh, I, I shopped around a little bit and realized I'm never going to get out there. <laughs> you know me, a bit stingy. Yeah. Still shopped around. I told Maddie couldn't care less she was literally i was like maddie but the game that i used to play when i was a childhood and they've made a new one of it and it's also on the xbox store and i can play it on my new xbox and it's 70 percent off she was like that's really great that's yeah. really great <laughs> couldn't give a, couldn't give a crap couldn't give a crap 
Anyway, that's all I'm bringing this week. <laughs> I bought a game that was released in 2016. <laughs> 70%. Amazing. Well, I can tell you're very, very happy about that. I wanted to follow up, follow up with you on the moving forward from last week when I told you about the Alex Ryder TV Alex show. Alex Ryder on, yeah. On, uh, on did Amazon you manage Prime. to watch any of it? I did. I watched the first episode. It was good. Uh, yeah. I've not got around to watching the second episode because it, it was a little, it was a bit odd. I mean, I think it's because I, I yeah, I because they obviously they just totally miss out Stormbreaker. Yeah. They, they, they start, it's like the first couple of chapters with Stormbreaker and then they throw you right into point, point blank. Yeah, uh, and they've they've kind of mentioned the school point blank a little bit, but they that's ah, good. I'll keep watching. I'll yeah. keep watching. No, I'll I let would. you know. I'll let you know how we get on. I'll Again, it's only it's on. only eight episodes long, so like you, you know, know me, I'm, I'm all be... in for skeleton key though. I said it last week, yeah, and I'll yeah. say it again. Skeleton key's where it's at. Well, because it's be- eagle cause strike. Because skeleton key's basically thunderball, isn't it? It's thun. No, it's skeleton key is no eagle strike is more thunderball. Skeleton key is pretty derivative of. Uh, um what's it called blooming doctor so the book of dr no uh and the book of live and let die it's quite yeah fair (laughs) fair yeah so yeah again the other reason i brought it up is because there was another property Mm. that was made Mm. based on a book that i read in my early teens that i very much enjoyed owen owen colfer's artemis fowl Ah. now available on disney plus <laughs> thought you were gonna say the bible <laughs> the bible <laughs> the bible i discovered it in my early teens and i found it i found it a real page turner <laughs> netflix and disney plus have joined together and they've done a three-part series <laughs> on such... no uh, netflix anyway, netflix no, did ne- a jesus show but they, oh, they, were... they did <laughs> yeah they did they did do a jesus show anyway artemis fowl directed by kenneth branagh Netflix did a Jesus show. They did. This is what you tune in for, isn't it? Each week for yeah. moving forward. Oh, Netflix did a Jesus show. Did you watch it? Nah, not really into Jesus. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't like the last season. I didn't. The it last season special of Jesus. Effects, the whole walking on water thing. The effects department were a bit meh. Yeah. In the writing. So, what about him moving that rock? Suppose supposedly he's going to move up into the clouds next week. I just don't know if I'm up on it. Just not. Just don't know if I'm into it. They're doing a spin-off with Noah. <laughs> they recast King Harold in the second series. What's that all about? Right. Yeah, it was Sam Neill in season one. <laughs> now it's Jeremy Irons. What's right. going on? <laughs> right. Anyway, the right. Jesus series. So, Sorry, Artemis. So, Disney Plus. Right. I think we've discovered why Artemis Fowl did not get a cinema release. And it is not because of COVID-19. No. It's because this movie is terrible. Yeah. This movie is atrocious. Like, Isn't it? But it's Kenneth Branagh. It's Kenneth Branagh. And I don't understand how a movie this bad got made by Kenneth Branagh. And... And at first, I assumed that it was probably to do with studio interference because the mm. character of Artemis Fowl is really, really, really great character. He's a a boy criminal mastermind. He is yeah, isn't, he is isn't he, he is Blofeld at twelve years old. Yeah, like he is twelve year old Blofeld. So he okay. is you know selfish, dastardly, but like this amazing intellect. 
And I just kind of assumed that possibly Disney executives got involved and said, yeah, well, we can't be supporting that kind of behavior. Mm. We're Disney. We have a brand. Mm. Let, mm. Let's do all the cool, like, interesting modern fairy shit. Mm-hmm. Because it is, it is like, you know, a, a very, very interesting and rich world. You know, they build on Irish and Celtic mythology. Okay. And they bring it into a modern setting where there's like fairy police forces Ooh. and Is trolls. there a Kelpie? I believe there's a Kelpie in one of the Is books. Is there a Loch Ness monster? There might be, I'm not sure. A Caper Kaylee? Ooh. Love that word, Caper Kaylee. Not even a mythical creature. No. <laughs> what you Is there mean? a Haggis? It's not a Haggis. A little three-legged timorous beastie. Anyway, so very, you know, interesting and rich world and lore that you can really delve into but mm. the character of artemis Fowley just ruined like yeah his intellect was not <laughs> how did they demonstrate how do you demonstrate, demonstrate a child genius well exactly they basically said they they had a, sold they, a rubik's cube they had his back they had a scene in a school where where a guidance counselor said that he was really he was like super super smart and he'd done all these things in a kind of montage thing. But then after that, he does nothing smart at all. After that, I he just does love nothing the, smart. I also just love the idea of a guidance counsellor. He's super smart and he's done a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> really? A lot of things. Yeah, a lot, lot of things. things. Lot smart of things. bloke. Really smart. A lot of things. <laughs> Colin Farrell's in this movie. He's yeah, uh, I heard. wonderful and charming as always, but he's hardly in it. And apparently he filmed his, uh, all his scenes in like three days and then... Bug- Over Zoom. Buggered off, probably. <laughs> Judy Dench is in it. She has an Irish accent and she comes out of a, a landing ship and says, top of the morning. Goodness. Now that, if, if that is an advert for the movie, okay. if nothing else, Josh, not Josh Gad, Josh Gad, Josh Gad is in, is in it as a six narrator, as a six foot dwarf slash narrator. He nar- okay, he narrates it. To cap it off, this movie is atrocious, and I don't understand why it was made. But I think I think the reason it missed the mark so much is because I, I listened to a interview by Kenneth Branagh, and he only he he only heard the book because his like nephew gave it gave the first one to him on holiday mm. like a couple of years ago and I, and I think he said he read it once and then was like somebody phoned him asking to make it and he was like yeah and <laughs> i know that thing <laughs> i i know that thing this thing yes. is, this thing is something that i read not too recently ago i just i just don't feel like he cared about it that much i think i'd rather watch the the jesus spin-off if I'm the jesus the netflix jesus show yeah when's that one coming out <laughs> ah tomorrow probably <laughs> nice cool <laughs> is that the show i think so Cool, what do they have to do now? Uh, Got to go on to the Apple Podcast app and give us a cheeky little five-star rating and perhaps a cheeky little review. Or if you don't yeah. want a review because that takes a bit of thought, just tell us your favourite movie or favourite movie soundtrack. We would yeah. love to hear from you. You can also do the same on Spotify minus the rating and minus the reviewing because apparently mm. Spotify don't care about that kind of thing. But no, we do, so shit. just do it on Apple. But we do. But we would, you know, genuinely, we joke and stuff. We would, we'd love to hear. You know, it, it's so quick and so simple. A five star review because it really pushes the show up. It does the, push the, it. the whole it list really does. Of, of um of of Apple, and then Apple kind of look at us and go, ah, more the the, the, the Jesus show being talked about on this uh, this lovely podcast, and then uh, and then yeah. you know they give us a bit of a plug, and uh, we all get we all get a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, also, you can contact the show on motionspod at gmail dot com. Uh, again, so the the uh, and Forrest Gump was a request that came through. 
Um, and next week we've got, uh, I think I know what I'm going to do. I think I'm choosing one my own instead of taking a request next week. Do you know what you're doing? Uh, no. <laughs> cool. Nice. I don't think um, I've ever known what I'm doing next week at the time of recording the previous one. It's always ah, something that I have to brew on. You're an ad hoc gentleman. That yes, is you. indeed. Um, yeah, I think we're to you. Would you for another? When's the next Marvel one? Is it not next week? It's the week after, isn't it? Yeah, correct. Because uh, we're doing it's the first of each month, so next week we'll do our own. Then we are doing. I haven't decided if we're going to split the. Oh no no no! We're just doing the last episode, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We already split it. Of course, we did. Goodness, God, there's a lot of movie in this last part, though, isn't there? Oh, I am looking forward to that. You are. Yeah. yeah nice. And uh, we've got a we've got a fun little treat in store for everyone um, for the special following that one. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That's something that we've kind of been planning for a while. Yeah. Um, we've uh, yeah we we we've got we've got some we've got some stuff in store for you. So uh, so keep so keep listening and uh, yeah and 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 thanks for listening to like but thanks for listening to this episode. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything for me. So uh, yes, speak to you next week. Bye everyone. All right, guys. Ta ta. Mm-hmm.